My name is Danny Mosca. I'm a psychiatrist from the Argentine Society for Psychotrauma. And as a global ambassador, I'm here interviewing my friend and colleague, Professor Alexander Sandy McFarland from Australia. Well, uh, I'd like to know uh, your relation, Sandy, with the, the trauma as, as the feel of, of, of your work for almost your entire life. Right. Tell, tell us about it, please. Well, I, I got involved in the trauma field in 1983 when there was a bushfire in South Australia, and my mentor was uh, a woman who's now dead, Professor Beverly Raphael, who was one of the pioneers of the field. And I was quietly sitting at home one night about a week after we'd had these huge bushfires and she had been invited to write a report for the Minister of Health about what to do. And she said, Sandy, are you doing anything in the next week? And I said, no. And the rest is history. And since then, my life has been one disaster after another. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and she um, uh, had a number of relationships with international colleagues and she was the person who told me to join the International Society, which I joined in 1990. Uh, and uh, I must say that it's been a, a fabulous community to be part of. Uh, you know, I have many deep uh, and valued friendships, as well as really this place being an intellectual home. Uh, and I think there are, you know, there are few places professionally that have been as, as wonderful for me as the ISTSS. Yeah, and you, the, your, your word is where you, you put your word when you put your work, we can say, because I, I've been seeing you in every Congress in, of the ISTSS for the last 20 or more years, every year presenting, even you, you've been in our Congress in Buenos Aires. Uh, tell us a little more about the, the ISTSS and your relation with it. Right, well, look, I think one of the first things is that um, Early in, in its day, the, the trauma field, I think, was somewhat uh, different than it is now because it brought together people from a whole host of different professional backgrounds because, you know, the trauma field was only just beginning and obviously people had developed their skills and expertise. And I think uh, early in its um, existence, it was one of the uh, aspects of coming to these meetings that I found wonderful because you, you would find ideas that you really hadn't sort of thought about before. So it was very intellectually enriching. And I think the other issue that I was uh, very touched by was um, how embracing you know, one's colleagues were, at that, particularly at that time, you know, this was a field that was really struggling for its identity. Uh, people still really didn't believe in PTSD. Um, and people from a whole range of different professional backgrounds were very much on the mission of trying to get trauma recognised nationally and internationally. And, um, uh, and, and so that there was, there was some, something really quite special about that uh, uh, relationship. And then, of course, we had, you know, like the meeting you had in Buenos Aires, I mean, the first World Congress, uh, which was in Amsterdam. Uh, and so suddenly we had many more European people involved. There was a meeting in Israel like that. There was a, a meeting in Japan after the Kobe earthquake. Uh, so it, it was really about how this group grew in strength and influence and began to very quickly get adopted into other um, mental health communities 
and you know I think it's been a wonderful story of, of collaboration um, and success and you know I had the privilege of being the first um, non-US person to be elected as the president and uh, that that also gave me a lot of other sort of understandings about you know I guess the politics that sit behind the happy face of organising a conference. And of course there always are politics, but I think that's very much of our life. And you know, and I think this has been a very um, vigorous sort of sounding board for those issues. Um, and, and, and I think uh, if you want to understand the trauma field, you actually really need to understand the people. And the ISTSS is a great place to do that. You told me at the beginning that you work in disasters. You, you mm. work personally in disasters or, or only make guidelines for intervening in them? No, well look, when I started my career there were these huge bushfires and uh, having assisted in, in writing this report for the Minister for Health, um, Beverly Raphael, my mentor, she said some things that I you know, wasn't quite sure about. So I thought, well okay, there's only one way to deal with this and it's actually to do research. So um, I, first, the first thing I did was to do a study of all the registered disaster victims uh, and then I was able to compare them with using similar measures to the Australian population. There were um, about 850 school children in one region and I got uh, uh, some children in a neighbouring region that hadn't been affected by the fire. Uh, and I've actually followed that pop population up for 35 years and I also had a um, group of uh, about 700 firefighters that I followed over nine years, which got me interested in the issue of how emergency service personnel are affected. The other thing that I did was I treated around 300 patients who had been affected by the disaster and also got involved in the litigation. So really for about seven years of my life, uh, I was really the person who knew more about that community than anybody. And I must say, you know, that was a, an enormous privilege for me to become not only uh, to, to sort of understand and document what had happened to this community, but really to try and sort of understand the struggles of their lives and, you know, really to think about well, what treatments really do work and because the field was really very much developing at that stage. And, you know, one of the fascinating things for me is that you can never predict what comes next. As a consequence of doing that research, I was then asked to write a report for the United Nations about the Iraqi occupation of Kuwait. And the reason was, was because I'd done this epidemiology and they needed somebody to go and audit an epidemiological study that had been done of the Kuwaiti population. And, and I think that's one of the interesting things about the trauma field is that once you develop an expertise sort of broadly in the field, you often then get dragged into uh, other areas. And then more, you know, over the last 20 years um, particularly, I've uh, uh, had a number of roles with the military because of my expertise in PTSD, I then got asked to join a national committee about improving the treatment of veterans in Australia. Um, and then I got asked to join the Defence Force. We only have reserve psychiatrists, we don't have full-time psychiatrists in the Defence Force. So I got very involved in developing mental health policy and systems of care for defence personnel. And then we've done a whole lot of research, like we did a study of the entire Australian Defence Force in 2010 and were able to compare them with the Australian population. So. You know, it really has been a world where I've really moved through a whole range of different sort of uh, disaster-affected populations, and, it, and, and so it's been a, a really a fabulously interesting life. I must say, I, I could have never anticipated what 
uh, fun and rewarded it's been. I intervene in myself in some disasters in South America mainly. Well, I, I've been working here in New Orleans after, after Katrina too. And one of the things, one, most of the things are, are just great, but one of the things that disaster intervention could cause is a family impact. Because mm -hmm. you, you travel a lot, you spend a lot of time, mental and, and, and real time with this work. Do, do you think that, do you feel that in some way the, this work impacted in your personal life, in your family life? Look, I, I think that's always an important question and one to think about. And you probably should talk to my wife to get a more honest, <laughs> to get a more honest answer. Um, um, look, uh, one, one thing that I, a positive thing that it's done for my family, is that it's provided with me with enormous opportunities to travel. And uh, and you know I've often will, will bring my wife with me, and and on occasions my children. So. It, it, it really has sort of opened up the world to me in a way that I think there are a few other areas of medicine, you know, would have would have done that. But but I think the other side of it is, um, you, you know, you, you as a clinician particularly, you do see and hear and witness a great deal of, of suffering. And um, you know, and I think in some ways that's made me much more. Uh, I think uh, vigilant about what can go wrong in life, and you know I think sometimes uh, you, you know that creates a burden for your family because they you know like to sort of live life on the happy side, and if you sort of see what might go wrong, that, that you know I think that, that does bring a burden, and, and equally you know it's that issue about well how much do you tell your family of what you've seen and what you've done. Um, and, uh, and and I think that can be a very lonely aspect of our work, uh, and I must say that's one of the reasons why I find you know the ISTSS such an important place because there are not many places where I can really speak to somebody frankly about some of the difficult moral and ethical uh, and horrific things that you've dealt with, where you can actually have a frank conversation where these people are not going to withdraw from you. So, you know, I think, I think the, the nature of this work sometimes does create a distance in our intimate relationships because people only want to know so much, basically. Okay, Sandy, thank you very much. It's a it pleasure. Was, it was great to interview you. Thank you. Well, thank you. It's a privilege. Uh -huh.